listening to the cannabis hangout two girls one bowl and a podcast that is breaking the stigma of marijuana my name is brandon and my name is saba we will be connecting with the community of cannabis enthusiasts by educating people sharing stories from medical marijuana patients and interviewing industry leaders while debunking cannabis myths so we invite you to come roll with us while we break break it all down. down hello to all of you loyal listeners i'm Saba. And we are your hosts of the Cannabis Hangout. On today's show, we have the pleasure of speaking with someone who we followed on Instagram really ever since we started the podcast a few years ago. And we've really admired her for her beauty, photography, and her enticing aesthetic of just everything that she posts on Instagram. And specifically, cannabis is usually in the mix of them. She's a photographer who loves art, nature, and the plant based in Washington State, calling us from there. So please welcome Ketty to the Cannabis Hangout. Hi, Ketty. Hi. We're so excited to have you on the phone today. Thank you for calling in. Thank you. I'm very excited also. Yes. To get started, Ketty, could you tell us where your journey with cannabis first started? Like, do you remember the first time you consumed and what it was like? Uh, My journey with cannabis actually started um, when I was around 21, so (laughs) it was uh, the legal age when I could go and purchase some cannabis, which uh, usually I know people here started uh, early because it's available, but Mm -hmm. when I moved to U.S., uh, um, I was still uh, not... I didn't know anything about cannabis culture. I didn't know anything about the plant. And I still had the stigma that cannabis was something heavier, that it was heavier drug than just a plant, which is pretty much a medicine. Uh, Because I'm coming from a third world country, which is a religious country, and religion has always been against herbal medicine for Mm -hmm. some reason. And uh, instead, um, religions, especially Christianity, are very heavy on wine. So my culture was very used to consuming wine for fun, in times of sadness, for hanging out and everything pretty much. And when I moved to U.S., especially in Washington, it was uh, already becoming legal. Uh, it was still medical, but it was in transitioning of uh, becoming legal. And as soon as it became legal, I tried it out of curiosity because I heard so many good things about it. And I knew that alcohol wasn't that great for health. Mm-hmm. So I tried cannabis and I fell in love with it right away. I thought that uh, drinking alcohol was not even as great as cannabis because cannabis can be social and then I started looking up all the benefits of it and it was nothing but amazing, great benefits. And it, there were no side effects, pretty much. The only side effect can, could be for someone who is just starting getting a little too high, which would be falling asleep, maybe a little anxiety, but never anything bad. Yeah. Uh, right. So I started consuming cannabis uh, and I've been doing it since then. And I love it. And I think it's the healthiest 
plant and medicine we can consume. So where did you grow up, Ketty? Where are you from originally? Country of Georgia. Okay. It's uh, Eastern Europe uh, next to Turkey and uh, under Russia. Okay. And, mountains. and what brought you to America? Oh, uh, pretty much just life, education. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's a third world country. And just like every immigrant comes to America or to a first world country for a better life. Yes. Uh, can relate same case with me <laughs> yeah i can relate definitely so from your photos i would think you're definitely like a joint flower type girl but what's your favorite way to consume cannabis oh bong hits are my favorite for mm, sure i love that <laughs> i love joints <laughs> i love joints i love blunts i love all of it uh, and uh, i love rolling in joints too it's uh, it's such a ritual for me i love uh, um, papers and I love just the process in it but when, um, when I'm at home and especially when I'm just consuming by myself I would rather go straight to flower and not have any third party involved just yeah, straight glass and uh, some water <laughs> yes so Kenny you live in such a beautiful place full of nature surrounding you what do you enjoy most like after or while you smoke like what is your vibe um, so I'm pretty much at the point where I can smoke cannabis and enjoy everything. I'm really, really <laughs> lucky to be in Washington state. So I don't oh, have yeah. to go to on a hike or drive a couple hours to see good nature. I can just walk outside the house and there are trees everywhere, water everywhere, uh, parks. It's really, really beautiful and mountains are surrounding the state. So oh, it's really amazing. <laughs> Wow. Yes. So that sounds amazing. So what with that, what's your what's your routine like with cannabis um day to day? Like paint a picture for us. Oh, so I have been waking and baking for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um actually I have been uh, um switching a little bit more towards CBD some, uh, some days. Uh, um, and one of the reasons how cannabis helped me in the mornings uh, was uh, um, I had a little bit of an irritated gut. So in the mornings I would wake up with either um, heartburn or some uncomfortable feeling and I would take a bong hit and it would take all of this away so it would just calm my whole organism down in the mornings and i would feel great to drink water and have my breakfast or anything else so it's pretty much like medicine now i have been on my gut healing journey so i can slow down with it and wait to get my tasks done and uh, um do some things before i enjoy my bong head during the lunch break but uh, it has been this medicine aspect for me of uh, healing my gut and calming the symptoms down with uh, cannabis. That's awesome. So where, where in Washington are you located currently? Uh, I'm close to Seattle. Uh, this neighborhood is called Edmonds. Uh, so there are, there's lots of dispensaries around here, just like everywhere else in Washington, which we're really, really lucky with. Uh, Lots of amazing growth, uh, lots of amazing brand owners, which I'm very lucky to work with. Uh, it's a great place. So living in Washington, when you go to dispensaries there, what do you personally look for? Like what's important to you while choosing what you're getting? 
I always go with brands that I know personally. I like to know how they grow it. I like to always go with sustainable cannabis and pesticide free. Unfortunately, a lot of times there is no pesticide warnings listing listed on packaging and bartenders have some idea, but they don't know exactly if it's pesticide free. So when I go into a dispensary, I just look for brands that I already know that are great. That you trust. And then I just go. Yes. And then I just go by choosing the strains. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any specific like terpenes that you like or like scents that you're super attracted to? Um, I love it all. <laughs> That's good. I like to go for pungent sometimes. Sometimes I like to go with citrusy, especially in the mornings. I like limonene and everything that wakes me up. And then towards the evening, everything indica. Yeah, no. You're just an all over flower girl. <laughs> so, yeah, I love concentrates too. <laughs> uh, I do too. What do you um, like to smoke with concentrates? Like, what do you dabble into there? Um, I, of course, <laughs> little snobby here in Washington like to go for solventless. That's not um, snobby at all because amazing. we're the same way here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, again, we're just so lucky to have those options right. and to have a choice to get something so clean and mm-hmm. so good. Yeah, I agree. So I know we all have different dynamics with our family and our consumption. What's your family dynamic like with cannabis? Like, are they supportive of the work you do involving the plant? They are very supportive. And actually, it's really, really surprising from having such a traditional family coming from uh, Georgia. Usually people do not know anything about cannabis there and are very subjected to stigma. But my family loves cannabis my mom loves cannabis my dad loves cannabis and my grandma she was always against it of course she thought it was a drug until she tried the topicals um she has lots of pains with her joints mm-hmm. uh, and uh, headaches and i gave her some topicals to try she asks about them all the time. That's and from awesome. the beginning, I told her that it's just herbal medicine. But mm-hmm. then I'm like, it's weed. It's actually healing herbs. <laughs> so now she now she thinks that it's good, that you don't have to necessarily smoke it. It yes. just has so yeah. many ways to help people. It's a good starting point. Yeah, that's that's also yes. a good like breakthrough to have with your with your grandmother, especially being an immigrant in another country and trying to bridge that gap between, you know, your family. Um, I know that can mm-hmm. be hard sometimes, especially with cannabis. So to introduce them, especially your grandma, who is older generation in such a gentle way and she loves it and feels the impact that feels so good. I'm sure for you. Yes. Yes. It's amazing. It's amazing to see her change her mind. About yes. Mm-hmm. That's so nice. So to flip the script, Ketty, in your own words, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yes, so I'm an artist and I love everything about photography and creative work. Uh, I do a lot of directing, putting shoots together. I love uh, um, scouting for places, choosing models, especially because I do so many cannabis photo shoots. I always have to choose real stoners. (laughs) I'm not trying to choose someone who is just pretending to smoke and it's not genuine. So. Um, I do all these aspects because there are so many brands out that are 
so amazing and they do not have good branding. They do not have quality pictures. They do not have anyone to represent their brand well. So that's pretty much what I do. I put together photo shoots and I put together style guides and I put together ideas for brands on how to present themselves better and I scout locations, scout models, outfits, all of these things. We bring together different brands uh, um, that make glass, that make cannabis accessories. So we can help out everyone, especially with social media. It helps so much to tag everyone and to promote everyone, especially small businesses to do all kinds of different things. So uh, I just bring people together to do these things in Washington state. And I'm hoping to do more of it and really lucky to be able to do it. Yeah. That's awesome. Katie. That sounds so fun. Sounds like a great job to have. Oh, thank you. It was fun. <laughs> so when did you start picking up your camera? Like where did your passion of capturing moments spark from? started a long time ago. I remember my father went to Moscow and got camera for himself when I was around 13 or 14 years old. And I started borrowing it just to bring it to my room and take pictures with my friends. So we would put backgrounds up, like sheets from bed and uh, put some paint on it and bring different, like grandma's plant and different Mm -hmm. props. And we would already (laughs) start doing it then what I'm pretty much doing for work now. So it's been uh, over 15 years of doing what I do. So it's been quite a journey. That is for sure a journey. So you definitely do a lot of things when you set up for a photo shoot. And it seems like you should have multiple people doing all the things you do, but you do it all. So how long from start to finish does it take for you to, um, from the vision to the execution planning a photo shoot, then executing the photo shoot about how long does that entire process take? And do you have a creative process with how you plan things out in your head and what you want things to look like? And like, what's that process look like for you? I actually don't. I'm very spontaneous uh, and uh, I like to improvise a lot of things unless uh, a client usually requests and we have a discussion about something specific. I like to go with the flow and just put everything together and see what works the best. Um, So it really depends. It really depends on the project because all of these projects are so different Mm -hmm. and some of them are a product shoot where I have lots of props and I pretty much just put together everything as I go and I take pictures and some other times it's uh, more of a project which can take a couple weeks of putting together even just to scout the location Uh, um, so it really depends it really depends on the project wow that is very cool I always to be a photographer and to come up with, I mean, the visuals that you have are so, so enticing I love and them. they, they're so, they're, they're very powerful images. They're very strong, even in the color, the lighting, the props that you use everything. So it's always interesting to tap into the mind of another creative to see how they do what they do and like what sparks their creativity. Thank you. I feel like colors and textures and editing have, have a lot to do with my style and my photography also. It took me about eight years to develop just the presets uh, that I'm using in wow. Lightroom, which is pretty much just putting together my own filters. Yeah. And I do the same uh, 
editing with all of my shoots that I do. Mm-hmm. So it keeps uh, it keeps it looking like it's my style all the time. And then concepts can be really different. Anything from simple white background. Uh, uh, product images to models in the mountains uh, to a uh, photo shoot in a room, someone on a chair smoking. It all can, it's all kind of still cohesive and goes with each other. And I think editing has a lot to do with it. So if there are any photographers listening, I think that's one of the most important things to have your own style, to figure out what you like the most and just do that, not to think about what other people like. I have always been told to do more bright pictures because that's what algorithm likes and that's what captures the eye more. So to go viral pretty much i was always told to do bright and this very specific clean images but i never ever liked that aesthetic i always liked moody um kind of bright tones but mm-hmm. also very grainy so it looks like it's shot on film yeah but you also can't really tell so i was like i'm not gonna listen to anyone or to algorithm whoever likes it will like it whoever does not yeah. they will and not. i feel like that... and in the end uh, for yeah. go ahead Doing it for years uh, definitely got me to the point where other people like this too and recognize this style. So it's always good to not listen to other people and just do what you like. Yeah, I feel like the best stuff also always happens organically. And it seems like that's how everything like even you saying you roll with your photo shoots and just like go with the flow. We love that because that's what we do. And that's how it's been with our podcast. So to hear that it's worked out for you is just like it's so confirming that you know you just have to like trust the process and just roll with it and just roll with the punches and you know just like that's how the best things happen is just organically definitely and especially when it's a great team that comes together yes. you almost don't have to tell anyone what to do everyone just dynamically flows just uh, does it yes and, does it and it just turns out really good so it's really cool to uh, trust other creatives also to bring their own vision to the shoot. Uh, it doesn't have to be everything uh, step by step. and doesn't have to be all written out. Some people can just throw a little thing of their vision. Yeah. And it'll be mm-hmm. So speaking of creativity and working with other creatives, how how do you stay creative? How do you stay in a creative state? Because me personally as a creative, I know, I'll go through stunts where like I don't feel very creative and I, you know like the creative rut. How do you how do you pull yourself out of that if you're in it or what inspires you to keep going? Um, I think I have to keep going if I don't want to go somewhere and work at the desk job nine to five. I have to force myself to be creative. Yeah. So it always takes a little push. I can't just give up and sit back and think that, oh, I don't have any inspiration coming, so I'm not going to shoot. I have to go outside to a different neighborhood. I have to find, uh, which is usually really easy, just go walking around and seeing something different uh, brings the ideas Uh, also it's really 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 important to not uh, follow all kinds of pages and not to learn look at the explore page which is full of nonsense and can really really clog our minds especially Mm -hmm. with creative people 
most of the creative people I have met have this ADHD mind where they always look at one thing, another, another, and it's hard to focus. And with social media, it can really, really clog up our brains and we start comparing and thinking our stuff is not good enough and it just makes our creativity slow down. So I think uh, being really picky about who we follow is also important. Following creatives mm -hmm. who have fresh ideas, who travel, following pages that even have nothing to do with our creativity, but are either blowing glass, making ceramics, some other people who make something else. Just follow anything that gives you any type of inspiration. I feel like it's really important and to unfollow any type of celebrities because <laughs> celebrities are great in their movie or whatever work they do, but following them on Instagram is always toxic. So yeah, you're right. All the right about that. And follow <laughs> Yes, following only inspiring pages is, I think, really important. And I only follow really great pages. And um, every time I get on Instagram, it does not bother me. I don't get irritated or anything like that, mm -hmm. just because most of those people are somewhere else and doing some something else. I don't even follow that many people who do cannabis versus I follow amazing farms, uh, um, Again, people who do glass blowing, uh, amazing ceramic pieces and all these things, not necessarily just people who are smoking on the camera. Right. So what we, what we see all the time, especially on daily basis, is really important for our creativity, I feel like. That's a good answer. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, I agree with that because you also go into the mode of comparing your work to other people's and like, how can I be more creative like them when from an outsider's perspective, you might be the most creative person that somebody else knows, but right. you know, you looking at other people's stuff and consuming so much of it, I feel like sometimes will dim your own light without even you realizing it. Definitely. Okay. Let's pause for a minute and talk about Oklahoma's grassroots cannabis publication, Herbage Magazine. They're in over 500 dispensaries statewide, providing cannabis education and supporting and highlighting the local communities. For more information, visit herbagemag.com. That's H-E-R-B-A-G-E-M-A-G.com. If you're ever in the Oklahoma City area, check out Chill Dispensary at 22 Northeast 10th Street. They're good people with hand-washed, single-source, live rosin, flour, pre-rolls, and other solventless products. So go show them some love and enjoy a chill experience. Now, back to the episode. What would you say, like, what's your favorite type of style or photos you like to shoot most? Um, it's uh, really hard to say what I like the most. I like to go to nature and find new places yeah. uh, and it's always something new. Um, before I liked more shooting indoors and having the whole staging process right now, I really, really like just finding really cool backgrounds uh, and uh, shooting in nature more. So I'm hoping to bring more of this towards summer since it's so cold right now and models don't want to dress up in fun things. Right. So summer um, will bring that around. And, 
Yes, yes. Natural backgrounds is something that I'm leaning more towards for right now. And I'm hoping to do more of this this summer. That's what I like love about your photography, too, is like the nature and like yeah. all the photo, just the people that are in them, whether they're like, you know, half naked or not. Like, I just love the whole vibe that like whatever like you'll put out there. Like, I'm like, oh, I need to do a sh photo shoot with Ketty. I know, <laughs> Ketty, we're going to come find you soon. <laughs> thank you yes we should all do a photo shoot that would be so much fun and usually all these photo shoots in nature are so organic like we're just chilling and smoking and right. swimming and then we decide to oh let's set up a camera really quick since it's so great why yeah. not shoot yeah uh, so lots of it is spontaneous and it's just that. good time around it uh, there is no tension about mm -hmm. anything pretty much do you have a photo shoot that's like been your like most memorable photo shoot like something that you think about often that like you're just like that was like that was not even just your best work but like the best some of the best moments that you've captured or moments that you felt you were capturing there were quite a few so it's really really hard to say that also uh, I can name a few um, treehouse joint in Washington. It's one of my favorite uh, uh, places to shoot at because it's the 420 friendly uh, place, which is usually really hard. Airbnb and other places are not okay with for uh, with uh, cannabis. Mm -hmm. So treehouse joint is. Um, a place where my friend Tracy, she's renting out her amazing tree houses and she has 13 animals around, it's greenery, uh, mountains around and we, we were shooting there, we had a few models and we had cannabis and we had absinthe, so we put these two cultures together. Oh, wow. Um, Especially it kind of reminded me of Amsterdam because Amsterdam has cannabis legal and they love absence too. So we brought fairies that were absence weed fairies. Oh, wow. And it was just such a magical shoot. It was something else. Uh, it just felt like it was different dimension and different world. And it felt really, really magical. That... Um, there were some other projects also in collaboration. So... I feel like it's so easy to create magic when you're living in a magical place. Right. I know. It's so real. Such a create a place that you can like easily be creative. I feel like it would help me a lot. Yes. Uh, it's crazy in America. There's so many amazing places in every state I go to. It's uh, a different background, but it's something yeah. really, really cool. Usually as an immigrant, I always uh, imagined America as concrete jungle. I just saw New York on TV and I yeah. thought it was all about high rise buildings. And now that I live there, I just see how much nature there is. Right. It's, there's way more nature here than buildings and cities, which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, so I'm hoping to go to other legal states and shoot with desert backgrounds and other things. Yes, so that's so exciting. Nature and cannabis is definitely two of the most uh, amazing things that I have found here. Nature and cannabis, they go Definitely. hand in hand. Mm -hmm. so there's so many fascinating parts to this plant that we both know but what's your most favorite part about the cannabis plant like what are you most passionate about 
Sleeping without the problem, I think, is one of the coolest benefits that cannabis has. I feel like so many people in this world have the problem with falling asleep and not because they're sick or anything, just because of thoughts, work, all this daily stress uh, that people might have not had for centuries. And um, all of this makes us stay awake. And I just uh, remember I always had falling uh, trouble with falling asleep also, I could stay up two, three hours and longer at night just rolling around and thinking. And for years now, uh, since I've been consuming cannabis, I just have most amazing sleep. And I feel like it's so underrated. It's so mm -hmm. underrated for its medical benefits. Of course, it's really cool to share a joint and get high and not have to drink or do anything else right. and just have this great time with your friend and laugh and but the therapeutic effects on it of it is also something really amazing uh, and of course underrated if the world whole world knew how amazing it was it would be legal overnight but unfortunately this information is not out yet but with the help of influencers content and scientists and people who are passionate about it hopefully it will get out more to other yes. countries and states also yeah that's that's great. So well said. Have you ever taken a tolerance break from cannabis? Uh, yes, when I travel, I don't like it. <laughs> okay, yeah. So what's, what's that like when you take a tolerance break, especially as somebody who consumes every single day? I'm fine going all day without it, uh, especially because when I travel, I can focus on other things. I don't have to work. I don't have to sit and edit for eight hours straight. <laughs> and when I'm editing, I love to smoke before and just chill out and focus. Uh, so while I travel, it's definitely, definitely easy to take tolerance breaks, uh, except it's a little hard to fall asleep. But I think after some time that becomes regulated also. Yeah. Um, I, I don't really take uh, tolerance breaks uh, when I'm in the U.S. <laughs> Just because I have not felt like I needed to. Yes, mm -hmm. I understand. I take a, I can take breaks from smoking just for the throat and not to have to smoke all the mm -hmm. time. But they still consume edibles and CBD and other things. So right. I feel like cannabis is part. Of, yeah, yeah. I feel like can cannabis is part of my life and it's bringing everything good. And so far, it hasn't brought anything brought anything bad. So. I love that. I don't feel like I need to. <laughs> so, Kitty, what are your thoughts on other types of plant medicine? Just from, like, looking through your Instagram, you seem like you're a supporter of, like, psilocybin mushrooms and, like, healing with that. Yes, I'm a big supporter of mushrooms, and I'm big about reading articles and not just even experimenting myself. I love, of course, experimenting with it, but just because... I am pretty healthy in my mind. I'm not depressed. I pretty much don't struggle with anxiety issues or anything else. So um, uh, I mostly read about it. And I'm amazed also with what mushrooms can do. And I really, really hope that science will get there faster and will start using um psilocybin mushrooms as a treatment for depression because uh, I hear all the time, almost all the time, how antidepressants are driving people to suicides yeah. and their side effects are no joke, especially I 
read articles about this also and heard podcasts with scientists how just quitting uh, antidepressants can make all of the symptoms even worse and i just think it's so unnecessary and it's such a huge potential to give uh, uh, mushroom therapy to people instead and i really think that we have to get there faster and not in five years or 10 20 50 but really really fast because people are dying everywhere yeah. because of this pharmaceutical drugs so i'm very passionate about research of plant medicine and I think it's time to go towards Eastern medicine since we see how much bad Western medicine does. It's great for surgeries, it's great for quick fix, but doing pharmaceuticals on daily basis is ruining everyone's lives. So I think herbal medicine is the future. <laughs> it was the yeah. past and it's also the future. You're right. I yeah, totally I think agree. Definitely agree with that. So, Ketty, if you could go back and tell your younger self anything, maybe what you did or didn't need to hear, what would you say? I actually just stick with whatever I was doing. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much, yeah. I don't think that I would ever go back and change anything just because I like where I'm at. <laughs> mm -hmm. I would not want to go it any differently. So I would stay where I am. <laughs> that's a good, that's, that's great. Mm -hmm. That's pleasant. What's a stigma that surrounds the cannabis plant, Ketty, that you would like to see changed? I'm sorry, can you repeat that question? Yes, of course. What's a stigma that surrounds the cannabis plant that you would like to see changed? Oh, that it's a pretty much a hard drug on a special schedule one drug or mm -hmm. right up there with cocaine and heroin. I think that stigma should be destroyed all over the world. Yes. Mm -hmm. And again, that's also another reason why we are so shadow banned on Instagram and social media. Just because we have it legal in our states does not mean that this picture will pop up on someone's feed uh, across the world and they're not going to think that, oh my God, this is like heroin. And that's really how they think when they see cannabis leaves. So we're pretty much not allowed to show it on social media. But once this stigma is destroyed and everyone around the world realizes that this is just a plant, a beneficial plant, we're not going to have this problem of censorship and uh, so many other things. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're so right. It's, there's so many problems with censorship and especially with people like you and so many other people we interview. And I mean, even us that are mm -hmm. like trying to break stigmas and get through to the cannabis industry and to other people just to, you know, spread the good word and they keep shutting us down, you know, and that's an issue where they flag mm -hmm. something and it's just like, how are you supposed to spread knowledge and education when they won't, they won't let you? Definitely. And it's also, of course, big pharma government that's has to spread the word. And it's, uh, it's simple things. Like it's not even just cannabis. My post uh, about a pineapple got taken down because the fact checkers said that it's not proven that pineapple is good pineapple ju juice is good for lungs and that it would not work any better than over the counter medication what? oh my so i realized it right away that uh, pharmaceutical companies are paying this fact checkers that pretty much to say no this plants and herbs and vegetables have no known benefits and you just have to go and take a drug from the drugstore 
So that's a big, big, big problem and it has to change. And I think we can't give up. We have to keep pushing and we have to keep getting this information out. Uh, censorship is not going to get any easier. It's only going to get worse with uh, all this AI right. improvement. Yes. So we have yeah. to keep pushing. <laughs> we have to keep making new accounts, backup accounts, uh, and we have to keep spreading the word. Uh. Yes. Well, Thank you so much for your time, Ketty. I think this wraps up today's episode. You were so lovely to chat with, and we appreciate you just sharing your time and your passion and creativity and your energy with us. Thank you so much. It was so nice connecting with you, and I hope to connect again in the future, and hopefully we can do a shoot together yes, too. We yes, we love that. We, we would absolutely love that. that. And be sure to everyone yes. listening to follow Ketty and her photography on Instagram. She's at Immigrant Stoner, and k-e-t dot images for her photography and thank you to everyone who tuned in today be sure to watch out for next week's episode and as always um, stay medicated thanks for listening to today's show to check out more great cannabis podcasts go to podconnects.com here's a preview of one of our other shows Season 1 of Dope History is now available at DopeHistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at DopeHistory.com.